Bounce, grabs you, twists you, turns you, shakes you, rocks you, slimes you, hurls you, hugs you, loves you, and puts your whole family right in the middle of all the action and adventure you've seen on the screen. Not anyone. If you want to go on the greatest rides, based on the biggest movies, you've got to go to the world's biggest movie studio and Orlando's newest and greatest theme park, Universal Studios Florida. The only place on earth where you can ride the movies. Hey there, and welcome to Drunk History Presents The Dark Ride, a fun Disney Parks-themed game show with zero prizes and lots of drinking. My name is Adrian Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Bieber. Let's find out what attraction we're going to be drinking responsibly this week. It's the Universal Studios Orlando Ride, based on a beloved 1982 science fiction film, not a Katy Perry song. It's E.T. Adventure. That's right. If you've ever wondered what it's like to ride a handlebar bike with 11 of your non-closest friends, then this is the faux soundstage for you. All right. Now that that's out of the way, I'm going to lay down a trail of Reese's Pieces to entice you to follow me as I gather some out-of-this-world facts and some spaceship-sized drinks, and we'll be right back. Hey, Rai, you got your glowing fingertip ready to phone home penis breath. Oh, oh, wow. I'm, I'm ready to do something with this finger. Um, uh, Adrian, that score, holy shit, does that get you in the mood? Oh, my God. Johnny I mean, W. does it again. John Williams. I mean, we should drink to John Williams. Let's oh, just yeah. Right off the bat. Let's Here's drink to, John to Johnny. The, the score. Oh, that, my goodness. I mean, we'll get to John Williams later, but I mean, this is the the the, the scoriest of the score, man. The best of the best. He could change an entire movie. He, I mean, he has so like you know so yeah. many times. You don't. I mean, like Star Wars would not be Star Wars without Johnny W's. No way. I think you know what. Before we even start drinking, I'm not even going to save this for later. Ryan, it's time for a pop quiz. Oh shit. Right at the top. Oh, my goodness. And, I'm not prepared. I didn't prepare for this pop quiz at all. You got to. That's why it's a pop quiz, because there's no time to prepare. You just get it. Well, lay it on me, teach. Okay. All but one of the following ten movies were scored by John Williams. You and your fucking ten movies. All right. Cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, I'm going to fail. Odds of you not getting it right. This feels like <laughs> Ernest scared stupid all over again. Which of these was not scored by the great John Williams? Saving Private Ryan, Harry Potter, Home Alone, Gladiator, E.T., the extraterrestrial is a freebie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Indiana Jones, Jaws, bottom, two notes, and you got a villain, Jurassic Park, Star Wars, you know some of them. I know some of them. Um, I, uh, you know, when you when you said this, it, like it immediately struck me as like, oh no, I think I remember there being a different composer for that, 
and that's the Harry Potter movies. So I'm gonna say Harry Potter. Uh, was you know what's so funny done. is the Harry Potter score is so close to the E.T. score. I could hear it in the E.T. score when it was just now playing. I'm like, I could hear the almost there's very similar notes. You so it is incorrect. Harry Potter was scored by John. Oh Williams. man. Um, do you want to take a, a second guess? I mean, I can't remember half those movies. So, Saving Private Ryan, <laughs> no, Home we, Alone, Gladiator, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Indiana Jones, Jaws, Jurassic Park. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm gonna say Gladiator out of those because I you got it right. I got it right. Gladiator. Yes. Gladiator oh. was scored by Hans Zimmer, another great composer. But yes, absolutely. He, every one of these other movies was scored by John Williams. John Williams changed Home Alone with that score. Oh, for sure. He, I mean, the movie was. They had shown it without. If you watch Home Alone without the score, it's not the same. It's not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jaws. You know the phrase that Jack Black utters in the holiday: two notes, and you've got a villain. It's the most brilliant soundtrack. The bottom. He created a villain. Oh yeah. Uh, and then with E.T., um, longtime Spielberg collaborator John Williams composed the score, and described the challenge of creating one that would generate sympathy for an odd-looking creature. As with previous collaborations, Spielberg liked every single theme that Williams composed and had it included in the film. He loved the music for the final chase so much that he edited the sequence just to suit the music. Awesome. Yeah. And the music is so uplifting and dark and personal and and it it totally does change this movie and and probably made it the classic that it is along with like all those other movies you know indiana jones without his theme you know is not as epic and star wars jurassic park absolutely um and as you said jaws with those you know making a villain with the just two notes which is incredible Um, incredible we got to start drinking now. I, oh, yeah. I mean, I did a pop quiz with you without drinking, but you got it right, so you're okay. I mean, on the second try. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I've already, we'll I'm already, I'm drinking. Just drink anyway, yeah. Today, uh, we'll be drinking something I'm going to call the Green Planet Cocktail. In honor of E.T.'s home planet, the Green Planet, this cocktail is more commonly known as the Super Heineken, and I just felt like Heineken is such a beer of the time of this film. I mean, this is dads in the backyard having a Heineken time. Am I right? The oh, 80s. yeah. Oh, yeah. 80s barbecue, baby. 80s barbecue were just Heinekens for the tape. All right, so what you need for this drink is you need uh, two ounces of blue carousel, two ounces of lemon-lime soda, and it will do, a half ounce of lime juice, and four ounces of Heineken. You're going to um, add ice to the base of your mug and pour it over the lemon juice and the blue carousel, and then add the lemon-lime soda, and finally you're going to top it with the Heineken and garnish with a lemon wheel. What a cocktail. What an 80s miracle. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a, that is an <laughs> 80s cocktail if I've ever heard one. It's like sugary sweet. <laughs> like yeah. that that definitely deserves a little frilly umbrella that that drink. Yeah, that's dad's wearing uh short jean shorts in the backyard of drinks. Oh yeah. Some real <laughs> short jorts. Yeah. What mug are you drinking out of today, Ryan? I think Universal is the cooler park, and though I don't have a Universal mug, um, so I'm just going to drink out of the coolest mug I have, which is my Anthropology Subway Tile mug. Ooh, that is, is a, cool. That is cool. 
Um, you know, yeah. we have a similar affliction because I don't have a universal mug at my disposal today either. I got to get one of those babies. Yeah, I don't and know. an E.T. mug. I really would love an E.T. mug. Oh, yeah. With like his little glowing finger on it or something. You hold you hold his finger. Pull my finger. I'm picturing blue. I'm picturing the moon. I'm picturing the... I love the script that they use for E.T. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I just want that. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm drinking out of my, my Gotham my Gotham mug. And, uh... Okay. I don't know. Figured that's close enough. That's universally, right? Yeah, I mean, they tried to. They tried heroes. to do it. They try. Yeah, yeah, it's heroes and DC stuff. I think uh, Gotham is actually with uh, uh, th- the theme park that shall not be named. Uh, that has six of something in it. Um, six, not not uh, flags. No, 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 no. We c- c- couldn't couldn't be that. Um, we don't talk about six. We don't talk about that pod. on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, they are actually, I, I, I'm, we should probably stop like knocking them down by every peg because they have stepped their game up. Like in recent years, they have, like, they have a dark ride that's being sent out ac- across the country. Um, that's kind I've been on it. It's kind of not horrible. Like there are worse oh, dark it's not rides. Horrible? There are worse that's dark rides in review from Ryan. <laughs> there are worse dark rides in Disney and in, uh, universal. So, you know, little okay you know little uh I mean, I would, for, them. for fun maybe like when it's my birthday week if we could do the great american screen machine i would really love that see yeah fun, exactly that's a fun that one ride is such a joke to me and i think it would be so fun yeah to do the great american screen machine yeah totally well um well you know we'll get into six flags eventually with minimal minimally Minimally, <laughs> yeah, uh, and we'll we'll make it fun. So I hope this doesn't turn the audience off. Exactly, we will exactly. Be making fun of it the whole entire episode. So um, be- before we get into this ride, Adrian, like, what what are you, do you like this movie? Like, are you an ET yeah. fan? I mean, I did, but it really like made me cry a lot as a child. Yeah, so it, it would be one of those things where it's like I my sister really loved it. And so it was always on. And then I just know, like, once I saw those men in the spacesuit and they hooked up the the white, like... It's fucking traumatizing. Video. It was traumatizing. Yeah. And, like, when he's, like, crying this, over the... Over E.T. I think that this movie came out at, like, the perfect time for us. Like, we were the perfect age when this came out. Because we were, like, what, like, like five well, we or were, six? We weren't... We weren't... We, it was 82 when it came out, so we weren't able to watch it at that time. Oh, okay. Well, then, <laughs> then I guess but everybody in like the 80s. But VHS and everything yeah. in the 80s, yeah. Because, like, I remember this movie, uh, like, first scaring the shit out of me. And then, like, I was laughing a lot as, like, you know, Elliot and uh, and E.T., like, uh, share a mind or whatever. And, like, sure, yeah. and, like E.T.'s getting drunk and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the traumatization of, of like, the, the men in the suits and E.T., like, dying or, you know, uh, coming close to death. It, it, like, that for a six-year-old... Like, holy Blah. shit. Yeah. Did you ever see on YouTube, if anybody wants to go with us, Henry Thomas's oh my God. audition? It is so Like, at the very end, good. people just go, okay, kid, you got the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, good. It's amazing. He's never done anything that good in his life since. No, I mean, he was in Legends <laughs> of the Fall, right? Like, he was in a couple of other movies where, like, as an adult, and it was like, all right. He still, like, just kind of always facially looked like a kid. Yeah, yeah. Or didn't work. He was such an adorable child, like, and such a good actor. I mean that you know. that um 
that rehearsal or whatever was uh, or audition was uh, like well, I I show that to like strangers on the subway. <laughs> like it's it's yeah, incredible. I, it's it's incredible. It's one of those where, yeah, you don't have anything to watch. You'd be like, I just watch him, you know, cry. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Fifteen minutes. Um, They're just having yeah, like so it's all I, I improv love- too. It's like like it's just him with the like talking to the director, being like. And the or, or no, the director's assistant is like, uh, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take your friend." And he's like, "Wait, don't take my friend! Don't take my, my friend! Don't take him! No, I love him! Yeah. I don't know how he did it." And uh, he's like, he just immediately starts crying. He's a really great. He was a great kid actor. Yeah. Um, I always loved the Halloween scene. Oh yeah. Where they have like and putting the the you know, the, which is like it's so silly because they didn't need to put him in a in a costume. But um, and then obviously a young Drew Barrymore as Gertie. Very young, right? She's so like cute. she's like like three or four years old or something, right? Right. You want to call somebody? So cute. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I did, but I it, it is traumatizing, and I still think to this day it's like, do I really want to watch it? Do I really feel like crying? I feel like I'd still cry. Yeah, I mean, it's been years since I've seen it, but um, but yeah, I probably it would probably still affect me emotionally. I mean, it's a it's a pretty well crafted movie. It's tough. Even though you know that you know he's going to escape, it's like you. Oops! Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the most amazing um, part about this ride is that like it continues the story. <laughs> we get to see like what would happen next, and yeah. it's a doozy. <laughs> and in the in the ride, yeah, in the ride. Oh, you mean you just said? Did you just say that? In the ride, mm-hmm. you get to see what would happen next? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because that's based on a book that came out as a sequel to the movie. Yes. The Green Planet. Yeah, it's it's so wacky. It um, is very wacky. Um, so I can't wait to get into it. So are you a big fan of this ride? I we... love it. I love this ride so much. I love everything so I. about this ride. Every Like, literally everything like... about it. This is going to be, like, such a high-scoring ride for me when we get to drinking that totally. ride. Totally. Um, I can't because wait. this actually the fun category also ties in with nostalgia. Oh yeah, one of those ones that it's not defunct, but it still feels like super nostalgic. This feels like it's on the edge, like like the like a threadbare edge of being defunct at any given moment. You like you constantly it's the last are like of the ET rides. Yeah, it's it's the last of the original Universal Studio Orlando rides. Yeah, like so scary. And I've heard, and and you know. Ladies and gentlemen at home, don't quote me on this, but I've heard that Spielberg like has a deal with them that is basically like, don't you fucking shut down my ride. <laughs> like, oh, okay, good. Like, like we like, uh, like that ride stays open and I will continue to work with you in other stuff. You like all your movies that you like for me oh. and stuff like that. Keep that fucking ride open. Steven Spielberg is a saint. Thank God. Yeah, I was like, yeah. is there any like historical preservation commission we can get on this to like, that's how I feel like don't tear down these like rides. They should be historically preserved. Yeah. I think we have a one man preservation commission happening in the, the form of Mr. Spielberg. I think in fact, you know what? I'm drinking to, to Stevie it's, right now. To Stevie Spielberg. You got it, buddy. Long live. Cause as long as he's alive, maybe E.T. will be alive. Damn straight. Okay, so let's let's just get into this ride. Okay, so E.T. Adventure originally opened at Universal Studios Florida in 1990. So it literally opened eight years after the movie came out. So um, that's interesting. I, it, you know, I don't know why that's interesting to me, but it is. Uh, one year later, the attraction opened in Universal Studios Hollywood. In 2001, a third installment of the attraction was opened at Universal Studios Japan on March 14th. 2003 the hollywood version was closed and replaced with revenge of the mummy the ride 
And more recently, on March 10, 2009, the Japanese version was closed and replaced by Space Fantasy The Ride. You know, it's the such Orlando a... The Orlando version is still operating as of 2021. It's it's um, such a shame that uh, that Hollywood shut this down to put in The Mummy because their version of The Mummy is... I love The Mummy. The Mummy's a fantastic ride in Orlando, but their version in, in California, at Ho- in Hollywood, is not as good. Like... The track is like half the length. It's it's not it's uh-huh. it's not as fun or interesting of a ride, and to to lose such a you know a legend of a of a dark ride, to add in like a like a B version of you know a pretty good ride, is such a horrible idea. Movies ride with a movie that's not as iconic as the predecessor is also um, not a great idea. Mm. You know, like I feel like the Mummy, as a in terms of as a movie, like who even thinks about it? I mean, Brendan Fraser every day. Well, yeah, I mean that's all he's got besides, <laughs> you know, his time with Pauly Shore. Yeah, and George of the Jungle. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, so um, uh, the uh, ET Adventure was also actually expected to open at Universal Studios South Korea in twenty twenty one. But that theme park idea was scrapped, so that didn't happen. Uh-oh. Um, now, even though we're going to get into the queue, which is one of, we're going to get into it when we drink this ride, one of my favorite um, queues of all time. Half of uh, it. Half of it is amazing. Yeah. But there's a dog of a first half you got to get through first. I know. We'll talk about I it. I can't wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm so excited, Adrian. This is the best. <laughs> just in, in order for me to synopsis this ride before we drink it. Um, I have to include, I have to include the the cue a little bit. So guests begin by entering a sound stage. Um, that's the exterior cue. Um, the interior cue is a forest setting, where it is established that the police are looking for ET and the guests. Each individual seat is a bicycle. Uh, the vehicles travel past NASA and police officials who give. Uh, a chase and try to arrest the riders and capture E.T. As um, they are about to be caught, a police car appears out of nowhere, and just as they are about to hit it, the bicycles begin to fly over the city and then into outer space. From there, bikes. Uh, on, from there, the bikes, the guests can see a miniature city below, not at all like Peter Pan, um, including real moving cars and even a football stadium and two baseball fields. The bikes are then transported to a kind of portal area where flash in uh, with flashing lights. Uh, when finally turned around, uh, arrives on the green planet, and guests then encounter ET's teacher, who urges uh, the visitors to save ET's friends. ET's healing touch travels through the green planet, reviving his friends and beginning a celebration with numerous baby ETs. So cute, frolicking and playing. This lasts for about three minutes and is a huge contrast to the beginning. Uh, the beginning is dark and scary, uh, while this part of the ride is light and colorful with spurting water and singing. At the end, guests, p- guests pass an audio animatronic ET who thanks them uh, by saying some of the people's names and <laughs> gives, which, you know, if, you, if he doesn't say your name, you're kind of PO'd, which um, happened to me as a child. I would get really offended. And uh, E.T. thanks them, and uh, uh, then a flash of light happens, and the guests are sent back to Earth uh, to the unload area. As guests leave the ride, uh, they can hear E.T.'s voice reminding him, I'll be right here. Aww. So cute. <laughs> what an adorable um, little critter. Uh, that is quite a synopsis. 
yeah, I think it, I think I got it all. Oh, you got it all. What? <laughs> what a acid trip. <laughs> yeah, it is an acid trip. Yeah. It, and a lot of times on rides, though, I feel like they kind of start. They don't start out dark. They kind of start out light, and then there's a dark part, and then it's light again. This one starts out like dark mm-hmm. and scary, and then goes to light. I mean, I think it's similar to like Splash. Sure, sure. It, it starts dark like in the pre-show when you're talking to Spielberg, who's like, like he starts it off in in the dark. He's in the dark woods, and he's like, he's like, you guys need to help ET. This shit's serious. Yeah. <laughs> like and you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. Spielberg needs my help. <laughs> Stevie wow. Stevie needs my help. I got to go. Um so what were your me- memories of this ride as a child? Oh, so many memories. All right, so my first uh stuffed animal that I can remember, my first toy ever was a little ET doll. Oh. Yeah. That like was like made out of like leather or like pleather or something like that. And like by the time uh you know, I was done uh you know, having it as a toy, um, I was about to say, well, by the time I was done loving it, it was rubbed raw. <laughs> but but that, that doesn't sound right. Um, but yeah, by the time like it wasn't my toy anymore, like it, the thing was like bare, you know, like like all the leather had like you know fallen off of it and stuff because I like it was my stuffed animal. So I've always had this like this thing with ET, um, and and <laughs> just not sound good. This story. This is a loving this is a loving story, Adrian. Right, right. My childhood memories. Um, so, you know, the first time that I ever went to Universal, uh, I don't, you know, when you're young like that, like you don't know, everything's a surprise, right? Like you don't know what's in the park. You know, I was like four or five or something like that. Like I didn't know what was in the park. Sure. I, you know, everything was a new, a new thing that you were stumbling on. And, uh, and I remember going there and we had like a, like another family with us. We like did like a family vacation with another family and, mm-hmm. and like all of us kids were just like wowed and it was like you know this crazy long line i remember like i think we were in line for like two and a half hours and you're you know you're in line in the forest and like it doesn't even matter anymore like you're on the ride before you're well before you're on the ride you know and it's arguably uh, better than the ride (laughs) it might be it might be um so i have nothing but warm feelings about you know my memories of this ride i think when i when i first started going to universal as a child the two rides that, well, you know what? I'm no, it's three, and I, I you know, I'm not going to agree with one, but there were three rides there that just blew my effing mind. And it was ET, it was Back to the Future. Back to the Future is probably number one. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I, I'd never been on anything like it, and I really was like just wowed by it. And then, and then Jaws. And they were just uh, like I really felt like I I know you're not I know you weren't a Jaws fan yeah that's um, that's the only one that I, I I would just for me I would I have the exact same thing except for I'd switch confrontation with Jaws you know and otherwise okay. we're we're right on right there I think also like my mom's favorite movie is Jaws so mm. I, Jaws was on a lot as uh, you know I was a child and it was supposed to take place on Long Island where I grew up and you know it it um, just all around was a very important movie in my life so i think it was just this thing though where especially with et and jaws where i really did believe what universal was saying ride the movies and i felt like i was riding the movies and i don't think like when hollywood studios came out that they captured that they they had rides that were um 
that were movie based, but you you didn't feel like you were really like being put into a movie. And um, I, so I was always just like blown away by those specific rides. And the queue in E.T., like, walking through that forest and that smell and, mm-hmm. like, look, I just, like, the redwoods and, and look, and I just, I ha- I can still feel it. I can, And you still feel little today in there because yeah. it's so big that even as an adult, you still feel little. And I, I love that. And I, I, it's one of those rides where if I go to, if I go to university, Studios, I have to ride it twice. Yeah. I got to do it twice. Totally. I got to do it once in the morning. got to do it once in the evening. And... You know, I just have to. this ride, I think, like, is the, the, the shining example of, of indoor outside. Oh, yeah. We love that. You know, yeah. Big <laughs> like fan. Like the Mexico Pavilion. Yeah. Like the Mexico Pavilion. And I, I think that this one does it, like, I, I'd say best the best of maybe any theme park attraction. Like, where In you terms fe- of attractions, for sure, yeah. Yeah. You just, you totally feel like you're like in a forest and then you look up and you're like, Oh, there's a air ducts like 50 feet up. <laughs> Weird. <Yeah. laughs> What's that doing in the forest? Um, <laughs> it's so, it's so wonderful. It's, it's so good. Speaking though of the movie though, like when you really think about the actual movie of ET though, it, it is sort of like weird. I, I was listening to this parody song about the movie and they like kind of talk about how it's like, why were the bikes flying? You know, like, like, why are they trusting E.T. that their bikes are going to fly? And it was this whole, like, thing about how it just all made no sense. And we just sort of bought it all. <laughs> and I was like, it is true. Like, that's the magic like, of a score. <laughs> you know, you without, gotta, without Johnny W. John Williams. Yeah, without Johnny W., those bikes ain't flying. The, fact that the bikes were flying and they were okay with that. And how did E.T. make all the bikes fly? Exactly. All right. Um, I think we're ready to drink this ride because there's so much more to even talk about through the game. Let's do it. Are you ready? Okay, so everyone, grab your Heinekens. We're going to play Drink That Ride. Grab your uh, Heine. <laughs> grab your Heinekens. Uh, it's basically a drink the difference game. We're going to rank the ride through a series of technical and fun rounds and drink the point difference that we give the ride in each category. For example, if a category is worth five points and you give the ride three in that category, you drink two. Two sips, two seconds, two anything. The shittier the ride, the drunker you get. Play along at home. It's more fun that way. Uh, we have two rounds. So the first is the technical rounds, and that includes Q for five points, length of ride for five points, thrill level for five points, immersion for ten points. That includes sight, sounds, and ride vehicle. And then we go into our fun round, and that is also a total value of 25 points. And it can change the game, because you can have a ride that's not technically wonderful, but is just wonderful to you. So there's 50 total points up for grabs. Let's see where this beloved attraction falls. I feel like it's going to be high. Um, we start at the start, which, for this particular ride, five points maybe doesn't feel like enough um, but that's what this category is worth. So um, the queue. So the exterior queue is themed to be a soundstage where ET is being filmed. TV monitors above guests' heads display the filmmakers discussing their experiences on creating the film, as well as ET trivia. Guests are then ushered into a pre-show room. Uh, before going into the interior queue, Steven Spielberg appears on the screens, like Ryan said, and terrifies everybody um, above the guests, telling them that ET's teacher needs ET 
to come back to his home world, the green planet, because the planet is dying. And only E.T.'s magical healing touch, for some reason, E.T.'s the only magical person on the planet. Yeah, um, this is where it starts the- falling apart, right? Is that like, like this, this, uh, his teacher, I think his teacher's name is Botanicus. He's like a mushroom, right? He's, he's like, he's like a, he's kind of like a giant weird looking E.T., there's another oh, mushroom. Okay. Another one is a mushroom. It is Botanicus. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Botanicus, uh, shows up a couple different times in this, in this ride and in the queue, right? And in the queue, yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, <laughs> and like, how is he able to travel all this distance, but he doesn't have a magic finger? Like, what is up with ET's finger? Where, is ET like the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer of the ETs? You know what? I think you just nailed it. I think that's what's going on. Is that uh, is that just the story just made into an alien story? Yeah, yeah. He's like ET with your finger so bright. Won't you won't save you the green save planet tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that we need to make a new ET uh, Rudolph mashup. I think I. I don't know. I think we just hit something. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah, so only E.T.'s magical finger um, can save the planet and its inhabitants. So it's up to the guests to bring him home. He also tells the guests that they'll make their journey on bikes and that they'll need an interplanetary passport to get there. The guests uh, then enter a room where they give their name to one of Spielberg's assistants, which is programmed into a card that is used later in the ride. Prior to the 20th anniversary, the pre-show had an additional wraparound stating that the ride is the set for a sequel, and the guests are the actors playing the parts. Uh, the interplanetary passports were originally called passes, and the assistants were stagehands. How worried um, were you um, after getting your card that you would lose it? Because like, you, you're still in line for quite a long time afterwards. I, sure. I remember being like, like holding it with like a death grip and being like, I can't lose the card. I can't lose the card. And like, you know, not... Even after I knew what the card did, and like you know, like like this card is not gonna uh, pan out in the end. He's not going to be able to say my name correctly, and I have a very simple name. So, I had a very, I had a very similar experience, but it was more about like he's not going to say my name because my name is not simple. And why did you guys name me this? Aww. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> but then there was where Adrian, like he did say it once or twice, but it was always Michael. You know, like my brothers <laughs> are simple names, and I've got this one. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I worried about losing it. I think I just worried more about like he's not going to say it, like. My name sucks. And then I have an existential crisis. Um, oh, so to be 11. <laughs> the interior queue is a far setting where it is established. The police are looking for E.T. And the guests uh, in the interior queue, um, Botanicus is seen beaming down from the ship every few minutes, uh, pleading for E.T.'s return. On the way, the guests pass a speaking spell seen in the movie. I love this part. Uh, while the letters uh, help E.T. come onto the screen, uh, while uh, the signature loud cackling of the speaking spell is heard, um, a hare or a rabbit from the film pops up every few seconds. Uh, the guests then board ride vehicles. There's, there um, is also a customized fresh pine scent created by a scent marketing company, Scentair. Oh, Although some man, people claim that good. the interior is of the building itself is so saturated at this point that they are not even pumping the set. They haven't done it for scent. They haven't done it for years. It's just that's that's just the smell of the it's building the now. Smell. Yeah. Oh, I love that smell so much. That's like that's up there with like uh, like Rome burning. You know, like yeah. that's up there with the uh, you know p- the Pirates of the Caribbean smell. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, um, though, like, this is intentional. Like, I feel like the Pirates of the Caribbean, like, dirty water smell, I don't know if that was so intentional. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> it's, it's probably just a, a, it was a just, fun little coincidence. Just <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think this cue fucks. What do you think, Ryan Bieber? Look, I mean, anytime you add, uh, did, we, did we say Botanicus pops out of a stump every once in a while? So, like, anytime you add a, a full on animatronic that ran, like, that's a surprise, you know, you're not, you don't, you could be sitting in, it's like every 15 minutes. So, like, you mm-hmm. could literally be, like, standing in line and right next to this, like, 12 foot tall animatronic that pops out of a stump and you would have no idea until you know, that happens and a bunch of steam comes out and then he pops out yeah, and, and you're says, like, ah! yeah, and you're yeah. like, what the, this was right next to me the entire time. So yeah. anytime you add that, a, an amazing smell indoor, outdoor. I mean, the second half of this line is amazing. Um, the first half, like I said before, I like, it's horrible. Um, it's just like, it's outdoor metal stanchions, like, you know, totally unadorned so i'm going to take it down one point because of the first half of it because i've had to wait in that first half like this this ride for a you know nearly 30 year old ride right over 30 yeah 1990 yeah yeah so like like it still gets a line you know like people still love this ride so uh so i'm gonna give it a a four out of five oh i'm giving it a five so um because it's so memorable to me. It might be more memorable than the ride. Uh, so I have to. I, th- I don't know how they could have done it better. I mean, yeah, I agree that the exterior sucks, but I think, I, I don't know. Maybe making the the interior bigger was the is the only answer. But, uh, yeah, I'm giving it a five. So we're both drinking one. You're drinking yeah. uh, one for um, not thinking it's perfect, and I'm drinking one for thinking it's perfect. I mean, it's damn close to perfect. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I love it, but... Um, only half of it, half of it is done. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> half of it is perfect. Yeah. Um, so length of ride, uh, that is also a five point category. And this ride is four minutes and 30 seconds long. How do you feel about that, Ryan? It, okay. So the whole ride is how is four minutes and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It feels so much longer than that. So much longer. I, I was shocked by that. I thought we were, I thought we were at least like a six or seven minute ride. That's the same length as like fucking frozen. Yeah, Frozen's three minutes and 30s. It's a minute longer than Frozen. Uh, uh, you get so much out of four minutes and 30 seconds. You you uh, you ride a bike, you fly, you travel through space and time, you hang out at a ruined planet, and then you watch that planet be saved. Uh, and, and then you, you get thanked. You might hear your friggin' name. You might hear your um, name at the end. Do you think that, though, you feel like it's longer because the interior queue is part of the ride almost um i mean that that could be something to do with it that you like you feel like you're on the ride before you're actually on the ride yeah um sure uh, however they got to do it uh keep doing it that way because uh i think that it's i feel like if i was designing a ride like what i've learned from this show from our brilliant minds <laughs> front and minds Ruh-ruh. is that if you want a ride to feel longer the queue has got to be amazing and because it becomes then part of the time, if sure. you want to ride to not feel like a like a sh- like I will say with Frozen specifically, they did a great job on that queue yeah. when they changed it over from Maelstrom. Yeah, absolutely. But I still don't feel like it's at the level of this. 
where it's so immersive in the queue. It's great. They didn't have a lot to work with, a lot of space. They didn't get to just do a whole ride. They had to revamp an old ride. But I, I think that if if the queue is great, the ride doesn't feel as short. Sure. I, I think so uh, I, I think ride, like, like I, Harry Potter is in that same vein, you know, like. For sure. Yeah, um, bo- both of them. Both both of the Harry Potter rides have incredible cues. Avatar. Avatar, perfect example, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just think so. Um, what are you going to give the length of ride here? It's four minutes and thirty seconds. Um, well, it feels like it's much much longer. I'm, it's for me, it's a perfect score. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm going to give it a four. I don't want it to be like any longer. I, like you know, I I think that we we get we get everything that we could ever wish and want for. So. I'm going to give it a four. I'm only deducting a point because I feel like I would actually maybe would like an additional minute in the dark part, like 30 seconds more in the dark part, 30 seconds more in the the weird acid trip funky part. Sure. Because I do feel like when I'm in that part, there's a part of me that like really wants to look around and I feel like I'm flown through it pretty quick. That is true. I, I have broken down in that part like mm-hmm. numerous times and, uh, it's like it's it's both like nice because um, you get to look around and like really like delve into the detail because everything is so detailed in that area. But mm-hmm. on the on the negative side of it, uh, that area has like a lot of water effects and it's like very steamy and like hot and kind of gross and like smells kind oh. of smells like kind of like like the bad kind of dirty water. Wait, the or you mean like you mean the ripe? Uh, guess smell that you get like on the monorail. Yeah. Like kind of all of the above, you know, like it's just, it's, it's kind of like not the most pleasant place to be okay. stuck for a while. So uh, I think as long as you keep moving it, like, you know, if it was 30 seconds longer full of, you know, moving at the same speed. Sure. Sounds great. Right. But you don't want to like sit in there and you, like read a book. You don't want to hang out in there. No. <laughs> okay. Got it. All right. So, again, we'll each drink one. I'll drink one for deducting. You'll drink one for giving a perfect score. Mm-hmm. And um, then we move on to the thrill level, which I'm super excited to talk about the thrill level of this because it's one of those ones where it's not, you know, not obviously not thrilling or obviously thrilling. Um, so this ride, uh, uh, at, at its highest, will go 12 feet in the air. It goes five miles per hour. And there's a 34-inch height requirement on it, so most little kids can go on it. The ride system uh, for E.T. allows for a somewhat thrilling ride with sharp turns and a little swaying of your ride vehicles while remaining safe enough for younger children. During the ride, E.T. will rise up from the basket mounted in the front of the bike, and families can request a special seat uh, for their child before boarding. So, uh, all in all, I think it's... It, it kind of hits the middle so for the, me personally. The, the ride vehicle, thrill. the ride vehicle is kind of like like a plussed up giant version of Peter Pan, right? So like we're hanging from yeah. the ceiling, um, and then there's you know you and eleven other bikes or something, right? Yeah, there's twelve total. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so you know like you you can look down though, like you know like you have like a pretty yeah. clear view. Um, the bikes, uh, that's a very loose term, <laughs> the idea that this is a bike. Uh, well, I mean, that's something we can talk about in the in the ride vehicle. Sure. Section. Okay. Okay. We'll save that. Gotta, we'll save that for there. I here on the, on, on if you're thrilled. And yeah. I think that um, it's, 
for me personally, I think there is a, a little bit of a thrill there. It's not like thrilling in terms of scary. I would agree with you. It's thrilling in terms of like you're on a bike, like flying through the air with ET and friends. You take and off. Part of the dark. You know, like you, you like you like do a little BMX jump on your little bike, and then you take off like they do in it's the like movie. Tony Hawk for for rides. Yes, and uh, you know, I yeah. Uh, I I think that I agree with you. I think that this is not like a, a non thrilling experience. Um, even at, even though it only goes five miles an hour and you're only twelve feet up, it feels a lot taller than that many many times because of the way they use force perspective and it. Yeah, it's like it's kind of uh, yeah, it's kind of thrilling. I guess yeah. I mean, yeah. I would never think about that until doing the show, but yeah, sure. In yeah. its way, it's thrilling. Yeah, in I'm going to give way. it a three. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm probably like a two and a half. I'll I'll go up to a three. Sure. Okay. Three's, a, right. three's for the tape. Let's do it. Three's for the tape. <laughs> so uh, we'll each drink two. Okay, so immersion. I want to say a couple things here because this is sights, sounds, and ride vehicle. So back to the bikes. Each individual seat is a quote-unquote bicycle whose handlebars come down as lap bars. The bike in the middle of the front row contains E.T. However, in the attractions early years, I want to know if you remember this, guests also had the option of riding a spaceship modeled after one of e, uh, the one that E.T. came uh, to Earth with in the movie. So I, I've seen pictures of this. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that the spaceship was their ADA accessible one. I think that's where a wheelchair so- would load onto. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely for the ADAX as well. But they have eventually moved, removed all of them because guests just did not want to go on them. Yeah, they were like just you, like... If you were in line and that was what pulled up, people would go nuts. Yeah. Um, so they, they got rid of them. Um, ET Adventure uses a suspended ride system where riders are seated in open-air gondolas. There are three rows of four for a total of 12 riders. The track and some of the ride systems were installed by uh, Dynamic Attractions. They have installed many ride systems for Universal Attractions, including uh, Spider-Man, Harry Potter, and The Forbidden Journey. Uh, Some of the theming of the interior queue also includes a recreation of one of the most iconic props seen in the film, the communication device E.T. constructed. We talked about that already, the speak and spell. Um, If you're lucky, you may be able to spot E.T.'s glowing red heart as he runs through the forest, away from NASA officials in their space suits. And if you really keep your eyes peeled, you can find um, animatronic rabbits throughout the ride um, and a bunch of other things that are just little Easter eggs popping up. Um, I... I'm not sure if it was important to mention that. But, uh, I, look, any, anytime there's an animatronic rabbit, it's it, it is important, and then an Easter bunny to begin with, psh, important. A literal Easter egg from an Easter bunny. Exactly. Um, um, so I like the idea that these are bicycles. I know that it's loose. It's. I but mean, I like the effort. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, it, I, a skeletal frame ride vehicle. I, I can't think of another one that like, you know, is, is as minimal as this is, which is yeah. pretty incredible, you know, like sure. to, to be able to like, you know, see, see the things as you're flying over them and things like that. Like it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, so they could have gone that, like the easier route and just made us all go in spaceships. And I don't think that the ride would have been as effective. No, definitely not. Obviously because the people hated them and just really wanted to be on the bicycle. I think that, because we go on, if you're at a music park, you're going on rides all day long, and this is 
obviously different. Similar to, like, kind of in Men in Black, um, you know, you're sort of sitting in a different type of a thing. Yeah. And I think that that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why people are excited for Tron, because it's like, oh, we're going to sit in a different type of, we're going to sit on these bikes. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just, I think the ride vehicle here, like, kind of, you know, makes the ride. I think old school Universal Orlando, you know, um, it doesn't really get, like, the like the, the claim to fame of like, you know, like the best theme park attractions and stuff like that. But if you look at like their ride vehicle systems, they were all pretty unique and pretty, pretty different, you know, like back to the future, nothing like that had ever existed. Confrontation is an incredible, you know, hanging from the ceiling scissor lift that like would, would move an entire bus load of people. Like it's, it's, it's an incredible, um, it's just an absolutely incredible ride system. Um, so, and this, this is right there with it as an incredible, like never before seen or, or seen again, um, ride system. So I, I love the immersion of this. I think that, you know, everything we've talked about before with like how real the forest looks and smells and everything, the sounds, uh, anytime you fly over a little city, um, for it, um, I, this is a perfect 10 for me. A perfect yeah. ten in immersion. Yeah, this is. Wow. I, I think this is a perfect ten for me in immersion. Yeah, I think it's a great. Um, I, I think it's a it's a great immersion. Um, one of the things is, I can't give it a perfect ten. And I'll tell you why because it's one by <laughs> the. I remember, like, even as a child, you know, being in this twelve seater thing, and like, if you didn't get a a, a great. If you were in the back rows, you couldn't see E.T. in the front of you really well, like, and you wouldn't know he was there. So you kind of had to hope you got the first row. And I, I remember that bumming me out a little bit. If your name wasn't called, you were bummed out a little bit. Um, so I have to give it an eight because I do think that there were certain experiences that weren't as great as certain other experiences. But I still think if you got the perfect experience – you did, they did perfectly, but if you didn't, you didn't get a perfect experience. Sure. I can, I can buy that. Um, you know, but there's, there's a couple fixes to, you know, to help you have the perfect experience. Number one, uh, you can always ask a cast member, you know, to, to like help you out with like a seat. So you can always say like, like, Hey, would it be, you know, ask nicely, Hey, would it be possible for me to sit in the front row? And they will always say, yeah, no problem. Like, and they might. And one of the important parts of asking, is not referring to them as a cast member because uh, that's a different park, Ryan. <laughs> well, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, hey, <laughs> worker. Hey, worker person. I think that they're called, um, they have a name, Universal. They have a name uh, as well, but I always forget it. It's not as memorable as cast member. Yeah. Anyways, you should, uh, uh, you know, call them sir or madam um, <laughs> and just ask nicely and they'll definitely like, you know, maybe hold you back for like a, uh, a vehicle or two and, and then get you on the front seat. Um, and then, uh, as far as, you know, ET not being able to say your name, right. You just have to change your name to whatever you'd like. So he will say, uh, I think he's preloaded with Penis like, breath. he won't though. Cause he's like, he's preloaded with like, like 5,000 names. And so, yeah. so like when, uh, when you go up to, uh, Steven Spielberg's assistant and, give them your name they're basically like typing your name into like an excel file and finding the version of that that they have and so like if your name is like 
uh, Mikael or something. Like they're gonna put in Michael. Yeah. And, and when he says, oh, Michael, like, it, that's close enough. So, you know, so. I know. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying, I'm just saying it's not perfect at yeah, all times. but time, you right? could, your name could be Jennifer, and then it's not a problem. But that's not my name. Well, they don't know that. <laughs> but I, why would I want to hear Jennifer? You're living the movie, Adrian. <laughs> I don't know why you're fighting this. I'm allowed to give it an eight. I'm giving it an eight in immersion. Oh no no no! I, I want I want you to I want you to give it an eight. I just want everybody to know that like you can I don't know you if can I get over these things. A different name is a way for you to get your name said because then you don't get your name said still. I've yeah, but I've said all sorts of names to them before. I don't really need ET to say my name. Like it's more fun if That's you special because then you feel like ET really want to say goodbye to you, not to George of the Jungle. Okay. <laughs> anyway, what is our what are our scores at the end of the technical round, Ryan? Okay, so at the end of our four rounds, I've given it a twenty two out of twenty five. You've given it a twenty out of twenty five. So we have a average score of twenty one out of twenty five. Wow, this did really well. Technical round. Oh yeah, we haven't hit a high technical round in a, in a couple of episodes. Yep, I agree. So I'm uh, so, and then I think it's also going to do really well in the fun round. <laughs> so. um this is our, our dark horse here. We're in the fun round. Uh, this round is just a, a straight 25 points. How much do you love this ride? Does it give you all the feels? Do you get? Do you walk away being like, that was a great freaking ride, man. Do you go on again? What does this ride do for you? So th- this ride's amazing. You know, it doesn't do that well in the technical round in, and not be amazing, right? So, uh... I think that it's super fun and so, so, so weird. Um, <laughs> that whole second half is a total acid trip. And, and like you're all of a sudden you're helping out a mushroom to like save his planet. And, and like there's like some like old crabby lady that's like literally a crab, I think. I'm not sure. Maybe it's like half crab, half tree stump. All the characters are all all crazy. Everything's made out of a plant. This uh, this green planet, uh, they're they're smoking a little bit too much green on the green planet. If you th- if you know what I mean. So, um, all of that just adds to like the weird fun, and I guess adds to the story. <laughs> the story's very confusing. It's hard end. for me to tell in this speech if you like this ride or not. <laughs> I love this ride, but like it's also like a really weird thing. Like it's unlike, it's unlike the story of ET. Like if you like the movie ET, this is not the movie ET. This is the sequel. Right. But I think they needed this Yeah, because otherwise the, the ride would just be too dark. Like what would the, what would the ending of this ride be? Like you get to the, like it would just be like the movie where you get to the spaceship and, the ET that's in your ride vehicle, like just kind of disappears. And then it's all of a sudden in the spaceship. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you'd fly through the moon or I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's wild. I mean, I don't know what it would be. I mean, it would be, yeah. I mean, it is, it is trippy. I agree. And I, and like in a good way, you know, like this is like, this is super fun. Um, so, all right. Uh, out of 25 points, I'm going to have, I want you to go first. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll go first. Um, so I really love this ride. I think it should have historical preservation on it because 
but like we said, maybe Steven Spielberg is our angel in the in the sky protecting this adorable little ride. Um, it is old school, and it encompasses an era of Universal that is near and dear to my heart. It's the last of the Universal originals, and I, I don't know. That's like so special. So, but we're talking about fun. Um, I have a great time here. I love that queue. I could just stand in that queue all day long. Like, I, I actually kind of remember feeling like, oh, man, the queue's over already at <laughs> times. And when do you feel that? Because you just want to just be in there. It's so cool. Especially the juxtaposition of being out in the Florida heat and seeing palm trees everywhere. So all of a sudden, you're in the dark, and it's, it's nighttime, and you're in the redwoods. Oh, in yeah. California. Right. And that's just like a cool, I love that, that you can take somebody and put them in a whole different place. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Those bikes are a lot of fun. The whole, the, the music, the John Williams of it all, the Steven Spielberg being involved. Um, I don't think this is my, this isn't going to be one of the rides. That's my absolute favorite ride of all time. Um, so I can't give it a 25, but I am going to give it a 21. And yeah. I think that that's a good score. I uh, I'm I'm actually thinking right right with you. Same same exact. I got to be a little over twenty, but I can't be twenty five. Yeah, I was thinking like twenty, and then but you're right. It's it is higher than twenty. It's twenty one. It's blackjack, baby. Cool. Uh, it's old enough to drink. <laughs> so at the end of our uh, at the end of our game. We have scored it. I've scored it a 43 out of uh, out of 50. You've scored it a 41 out of 50. We have an average of 42. So it's uh, it's getting into the the buggy at at 42. The Doom Buggy Challenge. It broke 40. I mean, like that's always the brass ring. Yeah, getting into the 40s. Yeah, because that's it's in the upper echelon for sure. It's it's the high score. It's on the honor roll of rides. Mm-hmm. So I think great job, ET. You still hold up. You were born in 1990. It's 2021, and you broke 40. Um, Mazel Tov. Absolutely. Ryan, how drunk? How drunk are you on a scale of Gertie to the Green Planet? Oh, I'm I'm probably uh, I'm probably Botanicus right now. <laughs> you are Botanicus. I'm Botanicide. <laughs> I think I'm um, Henry Thomas, aka Elliot, because. I love this ride, and I could cry like a little bitch right now about it, too. Aww. <laughs> uh, that, this has been a fun episode. I freaking love this ride. I'm so glad we got to do this. Um, the Dark Ride, presented by Drunk History, is available every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are available. The show is free, but you can always pay us by simply liking and subscribing, giving us a five-star rating and review, or just telling a fellow theme parks-loving friend to listen uh, another thing you can do is make it your Insta story. Take a screenshot when you're listening and share it with your friends. That would really help us spread the word out there. Um, you can email us questions or shout-outs at drunkdistory at gmail.com. Get those in now. We've got a bunch, and we're getting ready to answer them. So if you'd like one of your questions to be in there, email us right now, and maybe you'll make it on the show. Also, please follow us on Instagram for lots of great Disney Parks content at Drunk Distory. As always, guys. Thanks for drinking theme parks with us. Cheers. Turn on your hot light. Let it shine wherever you go. Let it 
Sad that no one gets to see our interpretive dance. Yeah, it, it is a shame. <laughs> All right, and we done.